Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of James. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. Here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing with our instruction from the general epistle of James. And one of the universal epistles, or general epistles, here in the New Testament, one of the seven general epistles. They're all small. This one is as well. This one is a theme of outward religious service. It is the uh, Proverbs of the New Testament. It's likened to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. And indeed, we see that the verses are in couplet or even less, uh, just simply there. And then we have to sort of piece them together because it's such practical instruction for us. And that's the whole point. It's practical instruction. This gives us the understanding that faith brings forth works. And if you have no works, you have no faith. If you can't show your works, you can't show your faith. And so we have begun here in chapter 1, and of late we've been in verses down through verse 5, where thus far James has been instructing the uh, 12 tribes, Jewish Christians scattered abroad, in the fact that our faith being tried brings forth patience, and patience, when it works in our lives, brings forth maturity and completion. And so it is important for us to allow our faith to be tried, the working of our faith to be tried by Almighty God. And if in the midst of that trial of faith we have difficulties and we need to have an understanding of how to proceed, if we need to have um, wisdom on how to live, then we should ask of God, verse 5. And if we ask of God, he will give wisdom to us, the ability to make it through these trials. God will give it to us without ever creating a problem for us without ever uh, saying anything bad about us or making us feel bad, what he will do is he will absolutely pour the wisdom upon us without measure so we can do the work that we've been called to do and we can pass the trial uh, with flying colors. Verse 6. If you're going to ask for wisdom, verse 6. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. How important is it to be reminded, and this is indeed the reminder from James, that if we're going to ask God for anything, but in this case, particularly, if we're going to ask God for wisdom, we must do it with boldness. We must do it 
with an understanding and faith that what we ask for will be provided for us. God has said, if you want this, ask for it. If you need it, ask for it. If God is imploring us to request it of him, why would he not give it to us? And then when he tells us to ask for it there in verse 5, he also responds by saying, and I'll give it to you liberally. I'll give it to you without measure. I will do it and be happy to do it for you. Now, if God gives you that promise, then we're to ask in faith, nothing wavering. Now, notice the word wavering and wave of the sea come from the same roots. We are either solid or we're wavering. We are on a firm foundation or we're wavering. And here he says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Do not think in your heart as you say, Oh Lord, give me the skill to be able to make it through this trial. Give me the wisdom I need. Give me the skill for living I need. And then doubt that God's going to do it. If you do that, then you are not asking in faith, but you're asking in doubt. When I would ask my dad for something, I did not ask in doubt, I asked in faith. I remember many, many, many years ago, many decades ago now, when my dad introduced me to a carbonated beverage made of twigs. And I had never tasted such a thing. I don't know how old I was. We had gone on a trip to, uh, to a city, to a town, uh, where Dad had to have some work done. And he had taken me with him. I was so proud to be going with my daddy. And I didn't go often into town. And this was a town away from our town. And so I was really excited. And so here we are waiting for the work to be done. And Dad said, Son, would you like something to drink? And I said, sure. And my dad bought for me a root beer. Mm-hmm. He bought me a soft drink called a root beer. And it's made from twigs and roots and bark and that sort of thing. But it's so good. I love root beer to this very day, and that was the first time I'd ever drunk any root beer. I don't know how old I was. I might have been five years old. I don't know. I don't know how old I was. I was just a youngster, but I remember I was with my daddy, and he gave that to me. And so when we would go and have work done in that city, in that town, uh, by these people that did special things for my dad, and I would say, Dad, could I have a root beer? I didn't ask in doubt because my dad had, pen, uh, he'd, he'd spent a dime before buying me a root beer. I didn't ask in doubt. I asked in faith. And you know, I don't remember any time that dad didn't buy me one six ounce or whatever it was root beer at that time. Dad bought it for me. Oh, it was small, I realize. It was something insignificant, I realize. It was a human father and a human son. I realize all that. But I can tell you that I didn't ask wavering. I didn't ask in doubt. I asked in faith because my dad had told me, 
If I wanted something to drink, he would provide it for me. He taught me that he would provide it for me. That's what God's word is doing here. It's teaching us that if we have need to have a special skill to get through life, and we ask for it, we may have to do things to get there, but God will give it to us. Oh, I'm not saying it's by human effort. Don't don't you think I said that? No. But God sometimes sets things up and says, okay, now, you know, you can be a doctor, absolutely, but you're going to have to take the coursework required, and you're going to have to take the exam, and you're going to have to be admitted, and you're going to have to uh, have uh, your credentials. But yes, you give me, uh, you've asked me to give you the wisdom, the skill for living to become a physician, and that's what my call is on your life, and yes, I will certainly give you that wisdom. When there's a trial, and that's what it's speaking to here, is a trial. It's not speaking of wisdom in general, but it's speaking specifically of a trial. I think there's a, there is a, a way we can look at that and transpose it, but let's get back to the the chapter and verse. If any man, uh, if any of you, not if any man, but if any of you lack wisdom, verse 5, chapter 1, general epistle of James, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, that is to all liberally, men is in italics, so read it to all liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he or she that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Now this is a specific set of circumstances specifically given in this portion of scripture toward the idea, toward the need, toward the concept of asking God for skills necessary in life to meet the trial at hand that God will give you that skill for living to meet the trial at hand. If you ask in faith, not in doubt, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Have you ever been there? Have you ever seen a wave of the sea driven and tossed? Have you ever been on a ship when the wave of the sea was driven and tossed? I've been on a ship a couple of times when the waves of sea were driven and tossed. Oh, nothing major, not a hurricane or anything of the sort, not such a huge tempest, but big enough to make me wonder about things. Well, I don't want to be like that in my spiritual life. I don't want to be off kilter and off center in my spiritual life. I don't want to be seasick. In my life as I go through this world, I don't want to be spiritually seasick. No, I want to be founded upon the truth, upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. I want to be grounded upon the rock of ages. I don't want to be on the rock of Gibraltar. I don't want to be on the sands of the sea. I don't want to be on the sands of the seacoast. I don't want to be on the sands of the desert. I want to be anchored upon the rock of ages. I want my foundation to be sure. I want to ask in faith. Now this is the exhortation, this is the admonition of James. As he speaks to these Christians, he speaks to you, my friend. If you're going to face the trials that you face every day, this mess that you're going through right now, 
you need to ask God for the wisdom to get through it. For the ability to live your life and to go through this trial holding your head up and trusting God Almighty. That's what he's saying here. And then in verse 7, it's sort of like a parenthetical phrase after verse 6. In verse 6, he's admonished us. He's exhorted us. He's practically yelled at us that if we ask in faith, don't waver, don't doubt, don't give any doubts at all, you'll receive it. But, parenthetically, verse 7, don't let that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord if he is wavering, if his faith is not secure, he receives nothing. And then we have that pithy saying in verse 8, again reminding you, all this just continues to remind me of Proverbs, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Now that deserves a whole sermon in and of itself. A double-minded man. What is a double-minded man? Well, a person who has a double mind uh, will be someone who is thinking thoughts that are contrary one to the other. One thought is contrary to the other thought. And so, a double-minded man, you might also find how it speaks of it in Proverbs, in uh, Proverbs 3 and 5, a double-minded man is one that is thinking yes and thinking no, thinking up and thinking down, thinking I can and thinking I can't. That's a double-minded man. And a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. A person that decides they're going to follow Jesus Christ, and they're going to follow Jesus Christ fully, 100%, in all things. A person that decides, I love Jesus Christ, and I'm going to follow him, and then in the next thought says, well, but I can't do what I'm being told I need to do because it might hurt someone's feelings. Or it might make me less popular. Or it might hurt me in my job. That's a double-minded man. I'll serve Christ, but I can't serve Christ. I'll serve Christ, but I can't serve Christ. I'll do what Christ says, but I can't do what he says. I'll be true to Christ. Oh, I can't be true to Christ. I'll be true to the world. No, no, no. I've got to be true to Christ. No, I can't do that. That's a double-minded man or woman. That's a person with a double mind. And you see them around you all the time, and they just absolutely drive you nuts, don't they? And you do. You drive others nuts, too, when you do the same thing. And I pray you don't. I pray you're not one of them. But I'll tell you, it is human nature to be double-minded. But it is not godly to be double-minded. We're told that we're to have the mind of Christ, not a double mind but the mind of Christ. Paul said, this one thing I do, and he left all the others behind, and this one thing I do. And he pressed toward the mark, the prize, the high calling 
of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It is a singleness of mind, and it's a singleness of mind that allows you to be stable. To have the stability to do what it is that God has taught you to do, told you to do, given you to do. And it allows you to have this wisdom in the midst of trial, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of deafening distractions. It allows you to have that single mind, that mind of Christ, that gets you through the temptation gets you through the trial, gets you through the difficulty, gets you through the disaster, gets you through the chaos of this world. We are told that God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. We know that chaos then comes from Satan. You say, wait a minute. You mean my life is such a mess? Why? Who brought disorder into your life? Was it God? No. It's not God that brings disorder. It's not God that brings dissension. It's not God that brings distress. If we have a trial that is distressing to us, we're to ask God for wisdom, for the skill, for the ability to do what's necessary to come through that trial. And when we do, we're to trust the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, everything that we have. And in that trust, we are to be founded upon the rock of ages, Jesus Christ himself. And we are asking in faith, not allowing doubt to cause us to waver. And what happens? We get through the trial. The distress goes away. Oh, I'm not saying it's easy. God never promises it to be easy, but he promises us victory. See, that's the key. The key is the ultimate here. The key is not the intermediate. It certainly isn't the initiation of the testing or trial or the intermediate part of the testing and trial that is important. It's the ultimate part of the testing or trial. It is that ultimate part that brings us to victory. We have victory through Jesus Christ our Lord because we have asked for the wisdom that we need to get through the trial. That brings patience, yes. It brings difficulties, yes, but we pass through those difficulties. It brings distress, but we pass through those distresses. It brings hurt, but we pass through those hurts. Because this trial of our faith works patience, and patience then works maturity, and maturity brings completeness, and completeness is in Christ, and when we're in Christ, we have the victory. And so this is what James is telling us here in these few verses. Don't ask with doubt because you won't get anything. Verse 7, you won't get anything. Because a double-minded man, a double-minded woman, is unstable in all his or her ways. A person who does not believe but believes, or believes and then doesn't believe, never gets anywhere. All they do is sit and spin, as it were. Sit and spin. 
and get nothing accomplished and go nowhere and do nothing when God himself has promised us in Jesus Christ the victory that he has already placed in the heavenlies for us. It's ours. The victory is ours. Just ask God for that skill to get through that trial and the patience will work, and the patience will work, and the patience will work to maturity and to completeness, and completeness is victory in Christ. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.